Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the EMG Health Podcast, supported by Beckman Coulter. My name is Dr. Julianne Locke and in this series we will discuss how microbiology testing has a vital role to play in solving the impending health crisis of antimicrobial resistance. For this episode, we examine the regulatory requirements from a global and European perspective in the in vitro diagnostics market. Joining me from Beckman Coulter are Dr. Jean Patel, Principal Scientific Affairs, and Dr. Fabienne Wickman, Scientific Affairs Europe. Jean, let's start off with the basics. What classifies the in vitro diagnostics market? The in vitro diagnostic market are, are products that are used to diagnose an infectious disease and then establish um, the best treatment for that infectious disease in a hospital laboratory. And, and this includes reagents, instruments, and software. And, and usually, um, these are all, all these components work together in a system for um, diagnosis within the laboratory. It's commonly referred to as an in vitro diagnostic device. And that's what we do. We develop an in vitro diagnostic system for um, antimicrobial susceptibility testing to drive treatment decisions. Fabienne, given these products are all used to make vital life-changing diagnoses in patients, it is vital, I suppose, that they are well regulated. How is the market regulated for those devices? So as you say, these diagnostics tests are involved in making life-saving changes or life-saving decisions, excuse me, for patients that are ill. However, it is important to keep in mind that this does not just mean diagnosis for ill patients, but diagnostics testing is also important and it contributes to infection prevention. So therefore, it is vital that these products are well regulated, as you say. So the first and probably most important requirement of a diagnostics test is that it's accurate and that the IVD manufacturers, so us as at Beckman Culture, that we can prove that they are accurate and that they actually, with this, the result of this test, the correct treatment for the patient can be found. So as a second kind of requirement, it's that the results of the tests must assure proper patient care and patient outcome and patient management also. And this includes these tests that I've mentioned for infection prevention. An example of this may be that the test should be able to tell you whether a patient needs to be isolated in order to stop the infection from spreading in the hospital or even into the community. Thirdly, the test should ensure delivering current and valid testing methods for the laboratories and ultimately our customers. And the formerly in place IVDD directive, so the one that was in place up until now, this was a list-based system. This means that with IVDD, only approximately 10 to 20% of all IVD products were subject to notified body oversight. And many of these devices were actually self-certified. However, with the newly being implemented IVDR, this is changing. Um, so with this IVDR, essentially all devices are subject to notified body involvement. Of course, Beckman Culture takes the regulation of diagnostics products very seriously. So for the European market, we um, are required to comply with this newly implemented IVDR. Now, in terms of the IVD regulation globally, Jean, are there any differences between the US and Europe in how these markets are regulated? There are differences between the US and the European regulation, but those gaps are closing. And that's because of the introduction of IVDR. 
Um, both uh, in the United States, there is regulation from the Food and Drug Administration, and the requirements between FDA and IVDR are similar because they are both risk-based regulation requirements. So that means that a company like ours has very similar requirements for meeting the regulatory requirements. In the United States, we get our guidance for what data need to be presented to the FDA through their guidance documents. Through IVDR, we get those requirements through um, ISO documents, and there are new ISO documents describing what data are needed. There are some differences between these two systems, but most of it is a, a common standard. It would be great for us to have one standard throughout the world, just just one document. And if that kind of harmonization happened, it would really streamline our development and our ability to get new diagnostics to um, patients. So, Fabienne, what does all this mean for the Beckman Coulter Labs? So, of course, this doesn't only apply to Beckman Coulter Labs, but if clinical laboratories, so any clinical laboratory processes specimens from European citizens using their own laboratory-developed tests, so in short, IVDR calls them LTDs, then they are also required to show that their tests are valid. So, of course, the first thing they need to do is they need to become familiar with IVDR and carefully review its definitions and requirements and also exceptions. There are exceptions, so there are certain tests they don't have to submit to IVDR, but most of the labs won't actually meet these exception rules. Therefore, the labs, so meaning our customers, should have a close look first at these requirements and classify their LTDs according to uh, risks. So um, Jean has mentioned that both IVDR and FDA are risk-based systems, so they have to assign their tests to a risk um, class, class, and this ranks from A to D. So the lowest risk class is A, and D is the highest risk class. So after they've done this, they have to take a close look at the clinical evidence of their currently existing LTDs and perform a gap analysis. They then have to take a Um, look at their quality management system against the IVDR requirements and identify gaps. And then based on all these analysis, they should um, develop and begin executing a plan to meet IVDR requirements. So just time is short, and it's imperative that laboratories do not delay action in this aspect. Of course, at Beckman Coulter, um, we advise our customers to get prepared. And of course, we're always ready to help if needed. I think that's a really important point there, that everybody become aware of what's coming down the line in terms of the fact that, you know, the IVDR requirements will be starting for some class of products from May 2022. Now, depending on the risk factors and the risk classifications, it might be a year or two before your products are impacted. But time is short and it's important that everybody's aware of what's coming down the road and can prepare themselves accordingly. So thank you to Jean and Fabienne for this valuable insight into the regulatory requirements for in vitro diagnostics that every manufacturer and lab should be aware of. This regulation should not be viewed as cumbersome paperwork, but a vital part of protecting patients, public health and the industry. 
For now, that's all we have time for in this episode. However, there are three podcasts in this series and are available on our website. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our archive for more episodes just like this one. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We release new EMG podcasts every Friday. Take care, stay safe and goodbye for now.